It's Tuesday, so you know what that means. It's Television Tuesday, Spirekin's podcast where we talk about new and recent TV shows. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope you guys have been good during this very tumultuous and strange time that we're living. It's almost the end of the year. Hope you've had a great uh, Christmas and Kwanzaa and Festivus, and I hope you're looking forward to 2021, where hopefully things get a little bit better. But I'm digressing a bit. Hope you guys have been well. Remember... And hope you guys are excited for some good shows, because today we're going to talk about two TV shows. One of them is something that we were talking about last week. We're talking about The Stand. And the other one that we're talking about is The Masked Dancer, Episode 1. Now, Greta has decided to just pop in for a bit with The Masked Dancer. She is not really happy with The Stand right now, so so it's going to be me talking about that. As usual, remember... We begin this podcast with our initial reactions of the TV shows we're talking about and keep it spoiler light. Then after the music and the end credits, we have a section that's all about spoilers. So if you haven't watched a TV show, stop when the music starts. All right, so let's get started with the one that I am excited to most talk about, which is The Stand, uh, episode two, which is entitled Pocket Savior. Uh, This was directed by Tucker Gates and... This second episode focuses not on Franny and Harold, who we talked about in the last episode, but rather this focuses on three other individuals. We have Larry Underwood, who is a musician who's on the verge of success when the virus Captain Trips hits. We have uh, Lloyd Henrid, who is a criminal who gets arrested after a botched robbery and he's stuck in prison when the virus hits and what happens with that. Also, this introduces a little bit of what's going on at the Boulder Free Zone, which it discusses a bit. But this episode is, just like the first episode, it's out of order. It starts off in the kind of present, and then the rest of it is a flashback, and it sets up a lot of what is going on. Now, compared to the first episode, this one is a little more gory, a little more violent, Um, Dealing with some of the stuff in prison, the botched robbery, while it's not as grotesque as that first episode, it is pretty bad. Uh, There are several deviations from the original source material, and one of them is kind of one of the most iconic scenes in the first part of the book. We'll go over that in the spoiler section. However, the main thing to go about this is that this was well done. I gotta say that the actors were on point. Um, This episode, like I said, focused on Joven Apido, who plays Larry Underwood. You had uh, Nate Wolf as Lloyd. They steal the show. And of course, I can't forget, we have the introduction of our villain, where he has his first talking lines. uh, Alexander Skarsgård as Randall Flagg, the mysterious dark man. Uh, Not going to get too much into that, but it's a very charismatic and unique uh, performance that Skarsgård gives, which is very similar to his brother in the It series. Um, Joven Apido does a great job conveying this character who is a taker who wants to try being a giver. And then Lloyd, Nate Wolf, he is, well, he's a criminal, but there's more that you could see that's happening with him. And I can't wait to see what they do with him because the character has such an intriguing arc in the original source material. Now, for other characters, uh, you have one definite surprise uh, performance that we'll talk about in the spoiler notes. That's It was wow. I didn't expect it. But, um, so, compared to the first episode, this one 
it's building up steam on what's going on. The first episode set up the basic. You see more of the initial impact of when that virus hit. The second episode deals with a little bit more of the fallout, like what happens afterwards. I'm guessing the next episode is going to deal with more of what happens months afterwards, and then we'll see where it all goes. I'm still enjoying the show. I'm very excited for this episode. Greta did not like seeing some of the more grotesque elements of this uh, people affected with Captain Trips. You have, like I said, that violent sequence involving a robbery that goes horribly wrong, and there's a few other really unsettling moments in this show but for Stephen King adaptation this is well done it's modernized the uh, older story that came out in the 70s and I gotta say I'm enjoying it tremendously so as an additional shock because we're waiting on TV shows a new show has appeared well not really what I'm talking about is The Masked Dancer now, for those of you who are unaware of this, this was originally a spoof on Ellen DeGeneres' show. We're not going to talk about that because that whole show is a, sh a shit show right now. But anyway, so it's a spoof of The Masked Singer, and we've got four new judges and a new host. The new host, as opposed to The Masked Nick Cannon, is Craig Robinson. And, uh, well, Greta's back because she, she is still protesting the other show. So what do you think about the new host for The Masked Dancer? I like him. He seems like... Like, his eyes are not super expressive, but he's hilarious. I think he should take over for Mass Singer as well. He should do both. He's much better than Nick Cannon. Yeah. And also he sings, which is cool. But he is on there. Then our panelists are Paula Abdul, and she did not, um... I think she's aging really well. She's significantly older than she looks. Her voice has gone to hell. Her voice has gone to hell. It has aged roughly very roughly it's like it's not meatloaf roughly but it's pretty rough yeah uh you have brian austin green who we saw on the mass singer season four as the giraffe which is kind of cool hinting at what it is and he seems like he's enjoying himself i mean last we saw him was 90210 the remake yeah i think and then of course ashley tisdale which i i thought she looked like she had had extra plastic surgery or something no that's like that. that's mom weight that's but it, that's but mom I didn't weight know she was pregnant and i was like wow she got chunky right in the middle that's a tight dress for getting gaining weight right there but she's pregnant and it all makes sense but so just but she's cute pregnant i didn't i like had to be told. Yeah. But as we're saying, so the premise of this one is same as Mass Singer. It's you have a bunch of celebrities in elaborate costumes, but instead of them singing, they're dancing. But unlike our other show that we've talked about for all last the last couple of months, um, Dancing with the Stars, this is not they have a specific dance. It's just they're dancing random dances. Some might tap, some might I think that might be a little detriment though. I think they need to fix this a little bit. Either they gotta be doing a specific dance and they have to say what the dance is or something else. Because, let's be honest, some of the dancers that were dancing on this episode, they're really good entertainers and singers. It's just that maybe that style of dance is not their dance. I think it's pushing people's limits, pushing their um, comfort zones. Um, but one thing that I do like that is different than the Mass Singer is they're actually showing the real voices of these people. They get one word in their real voice. So you could tell, like one person that I was sure was Terry Crews is totally not Terry Crews. But you also thought he was Terry Crews, which would have been totally correct 
had you not seen the scale, he's much too small to be Terry Crews. Yes. Yeah, so for the first episode, we had um, five individuals. We had the exotic bird, the disco ball, the cricket, the tulip, and the hammerhead. And they were all over the place. There's no rhyme or reason to this show. It's just uh, uh, we're going to just dance and see how it goes. I don't know if we're going to continue. I mean, we'll watch this, but for podcasting purposes, I don't know if this one will stand the test of time as opposed to Mass Singer. Like, Mass Singer, it seems a little more controlled than this. This has to be honed. It's not as much... I think it's fun, but it's like silly slapsticky fun. It's not where Mass Singer is yet. But that's also because this was an Ellen DeGeneres skit that was on her show. Well, she's known for dancing. Yeah, but it was like, oh, it's going to be a skit for like two minutes to make fun of Mass Singer. And it just doesn't have the same oomph. It's not a good... The next competition show that we'll probably talk about, if it's not the fifth season of Mass Singer, is probably going to be Lego Masters. Because that was such a good show and we hated it on so, so many fun. people. We'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, I, think, I think overall it's like... It's really fun. It's kind of slapsticky. But in general, I think people prefer singing entertainment than dance entertainment. Yeah, it just it doesn't fit as well. It's entertaining, but it's not. Or maybe it's just us. Yeah, I don't know. So, but yeah, so this one is worth watching once, then probably skip it. Uh, but we'll give it a three episode try. We'll see how it goes. Um, so uh, Greta just went away again. So let's actually get to this now. Um, hope you guys enjoy these episodes. I'm really excited to talk about these next week. We have a few more shows that we're going to be talking about besides. Um, the second episode of The Mass Dancer, like I said, we'll give it a couple more episodes, but I don't know if we're going to keep going. But I'm more excited because The Watch comes out this week, and I'm excited for that, even though it looks like a total train wreck compared to the original source material. We'll talk about that, and I think that there is a show on WB coming out. I'll let you know how that works. But I am excited. I am going to see how this all goes. If you want to send me an email, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N, at Spirekin.com, or tweet me at Spirekin on Twitter. I've been commenting on a lot of these shows and a lot of stuff, so check it out on there. And I think that's it. So, as usual, I'm Zan, I'm Gonsville. Catch you guys next time, and keep watching TV shows. See ya!
So now we're into the stinger part, and let's we're talking about the masked dancer. And um, yeah, so the first one that got kicked out was the disco ball. Who, when he was dancing, he makes was, me look like a good dancer. He wasn't bad, but he's older. He makes me look like a good dancer. And they gave you no real reference to it. Like, some people got it. Like, they were close. But to just get put it out there, the first person who was revealed was Ice-T. And he was pissed off at the things that they guessed him as. I mean, they said some good old school... He's like, how did you not know it was me? There's a glass of iced tea in the thing. It's like, this is not like Mass Singer. It's You can't really... There's no way to we tell from dance moves. We didn't know Ice-T as a dancer. Right? Yeah, it's just... It does bring it down, but it was cool seeing him down to Uptown Funk. Yes. Like, his design was cool, just, I don't and know. And I love the song. Now, the best dancer of it was probably the Tulip or was the Exotic Bird. I think the Exotic Bird I mean, was I ha- more contemporary. I love the Tulip, but the Tulip was mostly tap. I didn't like the name, the Exotic Bird. They could have said the Toucan. They could have said the Parrot. No, they said the Exotic Bird. It's like, there's 2,000 birds you could name. Right, but it wasn't, like, specific enough. It's really pretty feathers. Yeah. The or, wings are really cool, and I was like, how are they dancing in that? But the wings came off. Yeah. Uh, the cricket, that's... Also makes me look like a good dancer. Yeah, but the cricket's design is very old-school Disney, very old fairy tale esque You know, it's the cricket's wearing a suit, because that's how they always drew a cricket as wearing a suit. That's why Jiminy Cricket, cricket was wearing that. Eh. And the hammerhead, well... Dude, bro, I bet somebody from Jersey Shore. No, I think it's going to be someone that we don't expect. If it's Zac Efron, that would be hysterical, but I don't think it's Zac Efron. So not Zac Efron. But we're going to have to wait and see how this goes. So that is that for this one. And now let's get to the show, which, well, the show that uh, Greta is not talking about, and she's actually going to be going. So Yes. I still think you should give it a third episode. I really think you should, but... I'll let you pre-watch it. I will pre-watch it, and if it's not as violent, I'll let you know. But, uh, anyway, let's get to it. So, what an episode that was. I mean, let's be honest. The fact that, first off, the title of the episode is Larry Underwood's album, which was released, is a really cool Easter egg. And this whole episode was a very different departure from the original Larry Underwood character, who, if in the original book, he is gets his record through various means, and then he goes on a huge drug trip in California until the party gets a little too expensive for him. So what he does is he leaves California, goes back to New York, hangs out with his mom, proves he's a, a completely just jerkish person, and then things go to hell. In this version... It's, he's in New York already, he's gonna be performing at a set, he's completely doped out of his head, and his mom shows up at the event, and then we meet someone who's kind of mentioned in passing in the book, who's trying to get his money back, because he says that uh, Larry ripped him off. It's kind of a great sequence of just showing how Larry is kind of a taker, but it also shows his relationship with his mom, that he wants to make her proud. And when things go really wrong, like when the hospital calls him and she is a mess, it's you see him feeling so bad. And the line that she says is verbatim from the book. And I do like that while they do reimagine a lo- lot of the series, they do have the elements of the book still within there until a point. Because they introduce a character that was not introduced in the miniseries after his mom dies. That is Rita. Rita Blakemore, a rich socialite who he ends up hooking up with and then helps him get out of New York. And it's played wonderfully by Heather Graham. Greta recognized her before I did. She aged pretty well, I gotta say. Not 
great. It was kind of shocking seeing her, but it was decent. And her playing this character who's a rich socialite who's confused by what's going on and kind of at first like, oh, this is just a great party. But then when she realizes the situation at hand, she starts freaking out a little bit. And she's overly medicated. This leads to some very sad things going on with her. But it's a great sequence. Just that whole sequence with them meeting. It's verbatim from the book. They take one character who's in the book and they bring him back verbatim. The guy who says that he wants to jack off on home plate at Yankee Stadium. I was like, wow, they kept that. That's kind of crazy. But pretty cool. Uh, Now the big departure. One, they make the one guy who offered a million dollars to sleep with Rita more of an enemy. And... The infamous trek through the Lincoln Tunnel has been removed. That was one of the most pivotal scenes in the book and in the miniseries. And so this series has omitted it and changes so that they're going to cross over the... Uh, they're going to go into the Lincoln Tunnel. They're going to be taking the George Washington Bridge. They're going to walk over it. But they're going to have to go through the sewers. And that's kind of representing the whole sequence of events. And while kind of cool... It's not as cool as the whole explaining the whole, them walking through the Lincoln Tunnel and he bumps into all the bodies and he finds the all the people who were killed by the military on the other side of the Lincoln Tunnel. It's such a harrowing moment. And this was there, but it wasn't as good, I gotta say. But shocking is not wrong because when we see... Uh, when Lloyd gets arrested and him and Poke pokerize that person, oh good God, that was violent. That was like the Marvin getting shot in the face from Pulp Fiction, except you actually see the person get shot in the face because he sneezed. It was horrific. Uh, and then the cop shooting half of Poke's face off. Ah. But it's cool seeing Lloyd being like, I'm the best, I'm a man, I'm a cop killer. And then you just see him start freaking out. Now, they do truncate his staying alive. You see them that the cops treat him like shit and that they force him to drink out of the toilet. You, but you don't see him, like, having to deal with his hunger pain, him rationing the food. You just see him a couple of days later when he is without food, drinking the toilet water. He he munched off his the leg of his uh, cellmate. And then we get the introduction of our villain, Randall Flagg. And Wow. I gotta say, they make Alexander Skarsgård sexy and menacing at the same time. And it was like charismatic in a way where it was like, you're wondering, is he coming on to Lloyd? It's like, no, he's just trying to get him involved and in his side. And I like these, like, I want you to be my right hand. And then, of course, the stones, which we actually forgot someone else we gotta talk about, Nadine, getting introduced in the quote unquote present with Joe. Nadine in the miniseries was merged with Rita, and they split them apart in this, and I like how Nadine is, something is wrong with her. Also, something is wrong with uh, Joe, who, if you read the books, you know he's a kid who has the shine. And I like that when they when he and Larry meet Harold, because they've been following Harold's, the cool thing is that Harold is like a hero. People have been following his signs to see him. To get to Boulder, and I like that when Larry and Joe show up, and they say, we've been waiting to meet you, Harold, because you saved us. It had a moment of Harold being like, oh my god, I help people. I'm a good person. And it's that moment of 
hey, he can get out of this. He could be a better person. He doesn't have to be this crazy psychopath who's probably going to kill a bunch of people until he, they, Larry brings up Franny. And then he kind of sulks down again. It's like, uh-oh, you fucked up. But I like that Larry's like, listen, once we're done, I had someone too, didn't work out. We'll get drinks. We'll talk about it. And it's hoping that Larry helps Lloyd out. I really do. I mean, hope I heard this is different. Maybe they'll redeem Lloyd. I'm not sure. But we're going to have to wait and see. And I like that Joe is able to read Harold's mind and he doesn't want to go anywhere near him. It's a little cool. Uh, seeing uh, Nadine as the teacher and how she wants to be there for Joe, but there's something wrong. Also, her seeing the uh, Ouija board shaking, or sorry, it is a, uh, I want to say it's a panda something board. It's one of those stupid boards that you use to, you put a pencil into, and you just Ouija board it. It's kind of creepy, kind of cool, just very menacing. And I wonder how that's going to connect to all of this. A lot of pieces are into movement. Uh, The next episode is going to be called Blank Page. That's coming out uh, New Year's Eve. And I hope that one is good because I am excited for this series. I really am. And I'm enjoying it so much. Uh, uh, The showrunners have been kicking ass with this so much. So we're going to see where it all hinges upon and what character they choose next. I really hope that it's Nick. Nick is one of my favorite characters in the original book. I liked him even with Rob Lowe. They changed a lot about him. They gave, got rid of the limb, got rid of his missing eye. But I'm excited to see what they do with Nick. Because he's such a compelling character for someone who is mute and deaf. Uh, anyway, if you saw this, let me know what you think. Did you think this was a great adaptation so far? Was this your favorite episode? Was it your least favorite episode? Let me know. So, I think that's it for this episode. Um, yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm excited because tomorrow I release the 400th episode of the Spire Kid Manga Review. 400 episodes since 2008, and it's been a long time coming. So, can't wait to talk about that. Can't wait to continue doing these podcasts. Next week we got some good shows coming out. We have The Watch. We have this. And I think that Lego Masters or another TV show is happening. So, I'll keep you guys updated. Let me know what you guys think. Email me at Spirekin. Um, The random question of the day is, do you think that Lloyd is redeemable at this point? And, or, do you like the masked dancer? Let me know what you think. Um, So, as usual, I am Zan. Greta just left. We're Gonsville. Catch you guys next time. And keep watching TV shows. See ya.